In order to be free, you have to know the truth. Pastor Lionel Gant seeks to use the truth of God's word to help stop the tide of violence and mass incarceration used to enslave people all across this nation. Now, the word of truth by Pastor Lionel Gant. I am looking for freedom, looking for freedom, and Glory to God, glory to God. This is Pastor Lionel Gant. I'm coming to you live once again with the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And... We're going to be continuing today from the broadcast that we started last week where we were talking about the mental health of black America. All right, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and we're coming to you live. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and our guest today is in, is in Orlando, Florida, and we're going, to be, we're going to be exploring, you know, what is going on with the with the with the psychological side of, of black America. All right, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the great things you've done in our life. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Father God, we pray and we lift up the nation right now. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that you move by your power, that you move by your might, that you open up the hearts and minds of men, that you open up their eyes that they may see, And, Father God, we give you all the honor. Lord God, we give you all the glory. Father God, we give you all the praise. In the name of Yahshua, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And thank God. All right, Catherine. I know know you got something good for us today. I I would like for you to go ahead and introduce yourself. uh, uh, Tell us about your business and, uh, and, and... and, and 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 give us kind of a briefing of what you talked about last week and then go into your subject. Okay. Thank you so much, and good day to everyone. And I'm excited about this day because of the information that is going, that I feel is going to really open your eyes on the Black America, um, the state of Black America, um, especially when it deals with mental health. So I'm a social worker, educator, and practitioner with over 20 years' experience in the field of mental health in black America. I've studied that for a long time. <laughs> so, um, so, what you, so what you trying to say? You trying to say we crazy? <laughs> no, I'm trying to say that I am an expert on our race when it comes to um, our conditions and how to That's cure right. our conditions. Okay, and yeah, we are a little touched. You know, our parents have told us that, you know, several times. I think that child is a little touched. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think we are a little touched um, in black America. Um, so last, last episode, um, we talked about the condition of our community um, when it deals with um, mental, mental health. So I want to try to clear everything up and we can go on to the next phase of the um, other condition in our uh, in black America. So August 20, August 2019 marked the 400 years of the arrival of the 21st enslaved uh, Congo people 
um, that came from the Congo, which is the Democratic Republic of Congo today, and arrived here in 1619 on our shores. Um, and because of the transatlantic slave trade, chattel slavery, the Jim Jane Crow laws were vital in development of the United States as an economic and political power in the world. You can't deny that. Okay. Um, it was also the causation of many, many of the conditions, mental conditions um, that affect black America today. Okay, and those were the things we were trying to deal with last episode when we were talking about um, the conditions of the mental health community. Now, when we deal with community, we have to deal with the church. Okay, so I just want to tell a little bit about the role of the church through um, our um, slavery. Okay, because they were very, very um, instrumental during that time. All right. Um, and we really need them today, <laughs> really bad. So the African church throughout history has been the strongest resource for us overcoming our ad, 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 um, adversities, okay? So um, the, the role in leading a group of free blacks from a colonial um, viewpoint was very hard when it came to the church, but the church somehow was able to help us overcome those things, not treat them, but overcome them. It's the difference between overcoming something and actually dealing with the problem and, 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 and killing the root of it. So we overcame okay, and didn't really think about the effects that it will cause on us later for the, you know, the treatment of the causes, okay? So uh, even through the civil rights movement, um, the church has always reached out with programs. Even today, they do that. They're still reaching out with social programs. And that's what the church really needs to focus on when it comes to mental health in our communities because social change, you know, involves um, alteration of social order. And the church is the, the head of order in our communities when you're dealing with um, social, um, social um, interactions. Okay, so the church is very important during this time of this crisis of mental health and what we are trying to do to eradicate it in our in our nation. Okay, so we talked about that. So today we just have to ask ourselves one thing about the church. How widespread and effective is the community activity of the black churches? I mean, how widespread and how effective is it? Is it really effective? Is it working? Whatever your your plan is, is it working in our communities? Then well, we have to well, go ahead. Can, can I ask a question? Because you know, you, you you I know you heard it said that that you know that that the white man used the Bible to enslave us. But when you're talking mm-hmm. about the church, is, is is that is that is that any truth to that? I have another caller that's calling in right now. I'm going to bring that caller in on, on the Okay. You want me to answer that? Okay. Elaine, are you there? Yes, I am. And Miss Catherine, you still there? Yes, I am. Hi, Lynn. Okay. Okay. Go Hi. ahead. Okay. She was explaining to us how the how the church 
played the role uh, in in our in, in slavery, and um, she was getting ready to uh, finish that up. Okay. So you want me to answer the answer the question now? Yes, ma'am. Please. Okay. Well, we have to understand this: that regardless of what we believe, is what works for us in spirit. And that's what the churches were there for. We were working in spirit, not in religion. We were working together in spirit. There's a difference. Today we are working more in religion. That's why it's not working for us. We have to take the churches back to a spiritual base in order to treat the give the right effect to the people. Well, how, okay. Well, how does that? How does that? How does that? affects the mental health of, of black America. Because then when we go back to a spiritual base, then we know that we are worshiping in truth. <laughs> okay. And when we're worshiping in truth, then that energy of truth will work for us. We're not operating in the spiritual realm of what the church is needed for at this time in our communities. Because they, I mean, they, they give us a social order. That's what churches do. They give us a social order. So we're out of, that's why we're out of order in our communities. And I'm not saying the churches be, be blamed, but it is a base. It's a base that can cure our condition if we take the church back to a spiritual, um, a spiritual awareness for the people instead of a religious, you know, awareness. Okay. It worked then if it worked now. Okay. Okay. Well 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 I I you know, I, I brought I brought Miss I brought Miss Riddick in uh today uh, and and I wanted her to tell her story and as you're mm-hmm. talking about the mental health of, of black America and where we're standing now, you know mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we're dealing with we're dealing with a monster, y'all, in America. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. literally dealing with a monster in America. And now they want to hide behind the 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 image of America, the land of liberty and justice and and freedom for all. When really they're trying to exterminate us as a, as a nation of people. They have divided us. They're trying to exterminate us as a people, and uh, and 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 I'm going to ask Miss Ridley to tell her story, and uh, and then you know, Catherine, you jump in there wherever you can when you, you know talking about the mental health of our people and talking about what what we're up against. I mean, you being a lady, you have to, you have you have expounded on many things. So so uh, Miss Ridley, will you please identify yourself? Let the people know who you are. And and she's been on television. She's been in magazines. She's been, she's been. I mean, her story has really been pushed out there. Uh, but I, you know, but today I want you all to listen very carefully to what you're dealing with. All right, Miss Riddick. Okay, hello everybody. My name is Elaine Riddick. I am a victim of the eugenics forced sterilization program. But, however, before I touch what I want to talk about, I would like to comment on what the young lady was talking about, about the church. Because a lot of us don't understand the role 
the Our Church play in eugenics. A lot of us don't understand the role that our church stands for. Remember, remember, you know, first of all, with the abortion issue, with the okay. sterilization issue, okay. and with all these issues that we're facing today is because our church sold us out. Amen. <laughs> Our church sold us out. Margaret Singer went into Margaret Singer and the white supremacists went into our churches yeah, and had them mm-hmm. to agree with sterilizing and bringing abortions into our community. The government pays our church. Our churches, black churches are paid and ran by the United States government. Why do you think they don't get up and advocate for the injustice that we have been enduring for house and slavery? Going back to what the lady said, a long time ago, back in slavery, we were not allowed to read the Bible. We were not allowed to... um, become Christians, back doing slavery, we had to get pots and put over our heads before we could pray. We had to run in the woods and pray because we were not allowed to. But the main thing today is that our churches have sold us out. Now, getting to my story, and the reason why I can say that is because, again, I am a victim of the eugenics forced sterilization program. I was a rape victim. I was raped at the age of 13. And my family members, by the way, were church-going people. They were pastors, deacons, all kinds of ministers in this little town that I grew up in. And do you think that one of them in that church came to my rescue? When they sterilized me because they said that I was promiscuous, oh God, 13 years old. I mean, the same thing even today with newborn babies that's being raped. The judge and our said the baby asked for it. A two-year-old kid asked to be raped. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with these dark principles, these dark principalities, and it's time that we opened up our eyes and realized what we are dealing with. We are dealing with evil forces, demonic evils that surrounding us. What was what was the basis? What okay? What was the basis of them uh, doing sterilizing me? Because they, they said that I was feeble-minded. No, the basics was if your parents. And this is what they set out for us. My parents were alcoholics. So what they compare alcoholism with is mental illness. And if your parents are an alcoholic or, you know, or whatever, or not working or whatever, they consider that as mental illness, and they gave them grounds to sterilize me, even though my mother was in prison. My dad, my father was shell-shocked from World War II. 
and he didn't have his right senses because he was left in a hole for four days with all these dead bodies, and he was the only one that came out alive. And if you're in a, in a hole, in a graveyard, in a grave, with all these dead bodies around you, you would lose your senses too, which they did not consider that or take that under consideration. What they did to me was inhuman. It was degrading. And it was, even though I had no idea, if I had a choice, I had, they took all my choices away from me. I could not make a decision for myself. And, I, and it's still happening now with black people. We're not given choices. You know, and we are not told. So they coerced my grandmother into signing an X. My grandmother back then was like, um, my in the 60s, 68. My great back then and before, black people were not allowed to be get an education. It was not a requirement that they went to school because if there was land, cotton to be picked, cucumbers to be picked, potatoes, beans, corn, whatever it was then that means that the fields came, the farmers came before your education. And I was born in 1954. So we sort of, people don't understand what was going on back then. So anyway, as time went on, nobody told me. So um, I was raped and had no idea what it was because back then in the 60s, we were not, we were not, we did not talk about babies. We knew nothing about abortions. We had no idea that this part of the world, this was going on in the world because they did not talk about sex to us. Mm-hmm. We were not groomed in that type of a manner, okay. you know, to understand where babies even came from. So anyway, so I was raped by a grown man. And I didn't know that I was pregnant, and I started gaining weight, and the welfare people, the social worker came some, um, and said that I looked like I was getting fat or something, had my grandmother to take me to the health department, because then it wasn't Planned Parenthood clinics, it was the health department. And so we used to go to the health department to get checked out, to get our vaccines and all that, which wasn't many. But however... The health department informed the social worker that I was pregnant. The social worker coerced my grandmother into signing away my civil liberties, my rights Mm. to bear children. Mm. And remember, my grandmother was illiterate, and she had never even gotten out of the first grade. So when someone approaches you and say, well, well, you have to sign this paper for her to become sterilized or, you know, whatever. If you don't sign these papers, then what we're going to do is we're going to stop your food, your uh, welfare, your food supplements, which Mm. means that back then they were not getting, they didn't have food stamps. Back then they used to have to go on a line with a birthday bag and or boxes (laughs) and stand and let let them, (laughs) yeah, yeah, with the canned cheese, with the powdered cheese, the powdered eggs, the big blocks yeah. of cheese, the horse meat, yeah. the dog yeah. meat in the can. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be serious. People don't know how They're fortunate they are. They don't know how yeah. fortunate they are. They could not survive back in the 60s and the 50s. You know, these people think that, and, and crime was very minimal. 
We didn't even really have crime. If there was such thing as crime, the crime was, you know, family members fighting family members or the neighbors fighting the neighbors or something like that, something minor. But, however, that's what they did to me, and I didn't find out that that had happened to me until I was 19. By the way, I had my son at 14, did not find out until this, that they had sterilized me until I was um, 19 years old. Got married at 18. Wanted to start a family at 19, couldn't start a family. And in the meantime, between 14 and 19 and 42, I'm walking around hemorrhaging to death, not knowing, not even the doctors could tell me what was wrong because they had no idea that I had been sterilized. I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden just big gushes of blood will fall yeah. out of me. I, I bled more like I bled like a hog. I could not wear sanitary napkins. And you know what? Back then, my grandmother used to cut up sheet uh, towels, the thick towels and sheets and stuff, you know, because this is what we were accustomed to because we knew nothing about sanitary napkins. Okay. I mean, we've been real now. You know, I don't have nothing to hide because this is what happened. This is the way we live. This is how I came up, you know? I mean, and if anybody is listening and saying, wow, I'm quite sure there's somebody over on this phone that had to go through the same thing, you know, so it's nothing new. These are things that we need to know, you know, how other people came up and that the world does not revolve around us, that we were less fortunate as the children are today because the children today couldn't live back then like we, I mean, we had outdoor toilets. We had no running water. Right. We had to go out there and pop water. Mm-hmm. You know, we had no indoor heating. We had to go out there and cut wood. Okay, okay. To start I, a I, fire. We're getting, we're getting short on time, so I'm going to have to ask uh, Miss Catherine to come back in. When you were talking about the alcoholism and the mental health, and and you were talking about okay, the, the 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 mass sterilization that is going on now. You know, there are even masses mass uh, sterilizing our women in the penitentiary. We're going through all of these things. Well, they're doing convert. How can that not affect our our, our, our mental health? How can that not affect us as a people? Well, what they're doing now, I'm sorry, I'm not taking over. What they're doing now is convert sterilization. Convert sterilization is where they are targeting you through your foods and your waters and stuff. Okay, I, I want I wanted Miss Catherine to come in and give us okay. some help with that. Go ahead. Okay, uh, sister, your story is a story that needs to be told just like it is. You don't need to sugarcoat it. And you don't need to put no ice cream on top of it. You need to tell the story the way it is because that's the only way the people will get the effect of the truth. Okay, yeah. so yeah, um, I see that your churches are not being respected and whatever they're doing for our community and her example is just one of those and this was back to this was what back 50 years ago you know what i'm saying so we need to change um the environment of which our community is in it through the church so that means that the church has to do an overhaul of whatever they're doing that's just my personal opinion and <laughs> just being uh, real so and the second question is for this for the church is how do activist churches, churches have to be activist 
researchers confront our problems like family instability, youth development, age. I mean, how how are they uh, how are they going to um, affect us in those ways? So that's those two things that the churches need to work on uh, when it comes to being a pillar in our community. Okay. Uh, now let's. Do All right, Miss Catherine, can you can you speak directly into the mic? Can you speak oh, up? Sorry. Uh, I don't know how much you missed, uh, but I was just saying that churches need to be more active in our communities if they okay. want to continue to be in our communities <laughs> because we can't have stuff in our communities that are not being effective. And this is why most of the churches are fading away because they're not being effective. Well, okay. well, well, you know, they've been bought and paid for, you know, you know, the president gave them the faith-based initiative program where if they're giving them money, they're going to control what they say and what they do. Uh, okay. So, so well, we're, we're in a problem with that also. That's why I withdrew from those things, and I have nothing to do with that because I'm, I'm, I can't be bought. I can't be bought. So, 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 ladies, what do y'all have to say to our, to our young ladies that are coming up today and to the parents? What do you have to say to the parents? To, to avoid these things because okay you you were saying that about changing the environment that don't mean we moving somewhere what do you mean no. by changing the environment changing environments mean just like she was saying with eugenics eugenics can be helpful to us if we use eugenics in a way it works for us they're using it to they're using it against us okay okay so, that- yeah, when we change our environment, meaning that in order to change our environment, we must change our minds or the way we think. And we can do that through eugenics if we use it in a way that it works for us. We have to take what the, what they're, the lemon they're giving us and make lemonade with it. So by us reversing uh, the eugenic um, information, we put in our in our minds, what we want to to know, not what they want, not how they want to separate us through their way of eugenics. But we have to change our genetic, um, our, our genetic DNA, so we can change that by what we put the information we put in our system. So that's what it is. Okay. We have a system. So we use genetics in a way it helps our system. Not again. Okay, we're short on time, so I'm going to ask her to go ahead and uh, make her closing statement. Okay, well, um, with me, first of all, we we do need to stop looking at eugenics because eugenics is was put here to exterminate us. Okay, and there's no other way to look at it. My thing is that we need to get the church more. We have to educate the church on how we want things to be if they want to stay in our community. There are churches now that are beginning to wake up on eugenics, on uh, black genocide, you know. And another thing is that we suffer from a lot of trauma. We have to start taking our children and getting them counseling because they're walking around being traumatized from a child all the way into adulthood, and what they're doing Mm -hmm. is they're passing it around to their children. Trauma is in our genes. So that's what we have to start doing. We have to start doing a DNA cleansing. Yep. 
I agree with the cleansing, and we have to change our DNA. We have to we have to find a way to do that. Counseling, counseling. Yes, it was counseling, and we running out of time. And I wanted to speak on the mass incarceration of the mental health, and which are mostly us. Um, but I guess we have to do that on the next segment. Well, mass incarceration is also part of the eugenics movement. If you move the black man out the house and you have control of the women, you have control of the children because you don't have anybody to fight for them. Listen, 30% of the women and black women in prison today versus 19% of the men in prison today have mental health issues. So women are going to um, prison with a 30% mental health, most of them, 30% of them have mental health issues. And they're leaving behind 2.7 million children for that same issue wow. children. But we, we're going to talk about it. Okay. And that's okay. Only, because, only because none of them got counseling. You're right. taking it over into other generations. And once you receive and start getting that counseling, you will be able. That's one thing we have never been able to get is counseling. Generational, generational um, uh, mental health. Okay, we're we're down to we're down to our last thirty seconds. So wow. So so what we're going to have to do? We I mean we 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 really have to look into you know changing changing the mindset of our people because because mm-hmm. they're living in the right here the right now. They you know they're living in a world where they got to pay the light bill, got to pay the gas bill, got to pay the rent. You know, got to support their 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 drug habits. So we're gonna to have to come back to this subject, and I and I would have to ask you ladies to come back so we can talk about the eugenics and and explain to the people what that really means. All right, y'all. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Man, we 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 just scratched the surface today, and I'm I'm talking about we're gonna to have to come back to this subject to deal with it. Uh, because I didn't even know that it was it was you know that it was this serious, so mm-hmm. please uh, come back with us uh, next week, and we'll continue this uh, conversation. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and we're coming to you live. I'm coming from Atlanta. We're coming from Atlanta, and and Miss Catherine is coming uh, to us today from Orlando, Florida. Uh, ladies, I really thank you for the information that you put out today, and uh, we're going to have to continue this conversation. This is the whole Definitely. truth, nothing but the truth radio yes, broadcast. Sir.